Hello, everybody. Welcome. Today's just not a great day. It's a fabulous day. My name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group, and I've got one of my favorite compadres out on uh, the social media, LinkedIn and Twitter. I've got Tom Kirkman. He's a legend in his own mind. And I mean, we absolutely have so much fun uh, ranting. We are going to have a no-holds-barred conversation of fun. And uh, Tom, thank you so much for your thoughts and everything. Thanks for stopping by. Well, thanks for inviting me back again. It was fun the first time, so let's have a second (laughs) go-around. I'll tell you what, your podcast went off the rails, dude. It was fun. I got some great feedback. Thank you, self for coming back on the podcast. You know, I'm just a numbers kind of guy, you know. This will be fun. I love, we've communicated before, uh, not just on the podcast. So it's like, I know your mindset. You clearly know my mindset. So it's yep. like, let's have at it. I'll follow yep. your lead. Uh, um, but the, the fun thing is uh, when we sit down, you and I have been around the block for at least a week. And I'm, for our podcast listeners, Tom has got one of the best looking beards that I've seen for someone in our age category. I've got the fuzzy beard kind of a close thing there. I'm jealous. Don't ever fall asleep, Tom, because that beard is going to be gone and I'm going to have it glued to my face. It's a pretty cool looking beard. All you got to do is just stop cutting it. That's it. It's real simple. Oh, well, my tell that to my wife. I don't think that'll work. <laughs> Now, now, Tom, I, I first started, uh, you and I run in a lot of the same circles with all the folks, and I thoroughly enjoy commenting on your stuff. But for people that don't know you, tell your, your LinkedIn, you've got a bunch of LinkedIn followers, and how many interactions or views have you had this year? Uh, I'm currently, it, 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 it's a 365 day rolling average that are a rolling count. And currently I'm around three and a half million and it's been that way for, uh, a, a few months. So wow. uh, right now LinkedIn is going through a purge and they're getting rid of hibernating accounts and banned accounts. So all of a sudden there's this big kerfuffle online of people are losing followers. So I went from 15, almost 16,000 followers. I was expecting to break 16,000 followers this month. And then all of a sudden I'm down to 14,700. It just plummeted in the last couple of days and other people are, are noticing as well. But LinkedIn has put out a thing saying that, you know, they're, they're purging bot accounts and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, fine. I don't really want bot accounts following me anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah it's the interaction that you want. Yes. And, and so I'm okay. Get rid of the bots. You know, now uh, my p- piddly little account, uh, I only lost like 200. So it's kind of like, I think it was some of the uh, women that were trying to keep dating. And I, I'm wondering where all these women are coming from. I don't know. They're bots catfishing. It's like uh, pretending to be something that they're not. And it's like, I get those every day. What in the world could they possibly get? I don't get the catfish. Data mining. Data mining. So it, it, in, I, I've had extensive training in uh, cybersecurity and stuff like that of okay. phishing and basically trying to get passwords and they want to get your WhatsApp number or your personal wow. information. And then they go from there. And then, you know, the, the goal is either steal your data or drain your bank account. So wow. just don't go there. Yeah, it's nasty. So, so it's probably got some kind of guy with a humpback uh, tied up and he can has not no personal skills or anything. And he's using this cute picture of a young lady. Right. He's and he's also, a lot of it is also driven by AI and bots, which is why you'll see some of my posts lately are openly mocking the Twitter AI 
Uh, If you look at the latest post that it's had today, you know, they they, they posted a question uh, on my LinkedIn feed. Uh, Do you feel the posts in your feed are welcoming and respectful? So immediately I took a screenshot of that and I made a post saying, uh, hey, my LinkedIn uh, network, do you feel my posts in your feed are welcoming and respectful? Because conformity of thought and respecting hypersensitivity is top of my mind when I make posts. And then I posted a screenshot of that. It's like uh, a couple, one, one guy uh, uh, said, Tom, I'm going to rename you. What is it? Fluffy doll, Tom. And that people are, it's just, I'm just poking fun of the AI. It's like, really, really guys, you want, you want everyone to act the same on here. And it's like, I'm not going to play that game. No. So, I mean, I posted pictures of happy, playful kittens just to screw with the, the, the LinkedIn AI algorithms, because you know, my posting history, it's like, yeah, fluffy kittens is not exactly what I'm going to post about. No. So just messing with the algorithms. It's like, and I just posted a, a, a John Cleese interview from almost a year ago. Where I loved it. And like, it, it's just, Look, we don't, we're not all the same. You need to allow diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, different viewpoints. And my line as a moderator on two international oil and gas forums was very specific. Just my opinion, as always, you are free to disagree. But social media doesn't doesn't play by those rules. They want everyone to pretty much funnel into a general conformity. And it's like, no, I'm going to fight back within the system and playfully, not in a nasty way generally, although I've lost it a couple of times. Uh, just push back against, look, let everyone think the way they want to think, say the words they want to say, as long as they're not promoting violence or, you know, horrible things. Uh, disagreement is not hate speech, but they're trying to say anything that's not uh, following or conforming to the leadership of what the media is saying, what the politicians are saying. It's hate speech. And no, that that's not it. We need to be able to have discussions. As soon as you can't have discussions, we're going into Orwell territory. That's, this is why I, I've, I've made the comment, LinkedIn now has more censorship than when I was in Southeast Asia, uh, you know, in Southeast Asia countries. And that's scary to me because wow. I know I know how to play. I learned how to dance the dance of you know, playing with words so as right. not to get in trouble. Because in certain countries, if you say the wrong thing online, you'll get a knock on the door from the police and they'll arrest you. So wow. you learn to allude to certain things without coming out openly and saying it, which is now what I've sort of had to do on LinkedIn. And it's like, this is the US, guys. This is supposed to be the bastion of freedom of speech. And it's just got turned on its head. So if you disagree with our political leaders, suddenly you get named with all these horrible things. And it's like, no, it's not true. It's just I disagree with the people who are telling us that they must agree with them. No. And oh, you know, I'm sorry, you can probably see my attitude shining through. A lot of people when I'm on LinkedIn or Twitter and and I'll sit there and I'll look at them, I actually have to stop and read yours because there's a joke buried in yours. Yes. I'm like, I have to go back. Wait a minute. Oh, no, Tom, that was good. I, I, I'm over here doing the old golf <laughs> clap and everything else. That John Cleese post was really good. I that. I got to sit uh, next to John Clace while he was presenting and I was right here. He talked for two hours straight, never breathed. I think he had gills. I mean, uh, the man never stopped talking. And it was the funniest time I've ever had in my life. John, he was a hoot. But I feel like our society sometimes is like uh, how he described it in that video. And that is uh, the the twit walk uh, or, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Monty Python was funny. I love Monty Python. Monty Python's not well accepted by a lot of folks. 
I don't know why. Uh, it's just hilarious stuff. And it's like, these guys are just way ahead of their time. And it's still, I mean, they're trying to sense the life of Brian in that scene where the guy says, I want to have babies. I want to change my name to whatever woman's name. And now they're trying to censor that. And John Cleese just sort of blew a gasket. And that's sort of what I was thinking about. It's like, they were making fun of this decades ago. And now it's become right. real life. It's you like, know what I, wow. I like? I, I love the English because uh, when they were dressing up in dresses, they were just poking fun at it. And, and yep. it was just, and uh, who cares? Or, you know, Benny Hill or anything else. That's just the way it was. Yep. Who cares? Uh, and, you know, you sit back and the censorship is going to get worse, Tom. I think you yep, alluded to that. It is going to get worse. Oh, I've started backing off on LinkedIn and I've made that announcement fairly public. Yes, I'll still post there every now and again, but I'm not going to be spending so much time and energy. And I've gone to Twitter and I've removed that my name from there. So you know who I am, but most people are not. So I'm just going to be a, a string of symbols that is not connected to my name. So just that way I can just sort of cut loose and have fun. Not, not, not like I'm going to be doing anything even more radical. I'm just going to be doing the stuff that I normally do. Right. But I don't have to worry so much about censorship on Twitter. And it's like, I don't use Facebook for a long time. There's no more yeah. oil and gas forums where I can post on. And you know what? Being a moderator on on an oil and gas, international oil and gas forum. I mean, right. LinkedIn, uh, Oil Pro had over 1 million registered members and it was called the LinkedIn of uh, the oil and gas industry. You had to use your real photo, your right. real work experience, your real name. Otherwise, no one would talk to you. It was by far the largest oil and gas forum in the world and they got shut down by a competing uh, website. I'm not going to say which one, but it, it was removed from the internet. Literally, the server was disconnected. A group of us moderators afterwards tried to get it reconnected up, and we were told by the, the company's lawyers, you can't do that. We've got a court order. There's no resurrecting this. So wow. it's been literally erased from the internet. You can find snippets of oil pros still on the Wayback Machine, but right. you can't actually read them. It was, it was, it's just amazing. So when I was a volunteer moderator there, and I was the first volunteer moderator there, uh, I, I know what should and should not be censored. I am exceedingly right. aware of that. So when LinkedIn censored me and then censored me again, I'm like, guys, really? So that's what made me decide. It's like, okay, I'm not going to play this game anymore. I'll still use LinkedIn for, you know, normal, ordinary run of the mill stuff. And I'm right. not going to get too heavy. And for my usual stuff, but I'm just going to go over to Twitter. Just, I'm sorry. That's no. it. You're, you had some things that were going on the other uh, the other week when you were talking about some. Oh, Lord, I just had a senior moment. Sorry about that, Tom. You're sitting there last week. You were talking about some of the uh, censoring that you had last week and yep. you were coming back around. You're you were saying that. Can you tell us what got censored last week? Because you you were I loved your trail of going LinkedIn sponsors. Bad dog. I, I love the way you said that. I went back and I actually deleted most of those posts because they, I, I, I was blindsided. It's like, I didn't even see this coming. I said, pride is demonic. That's what I got censored for. You got censored for what? Pride is demonic. What's wrong with that? Because I posted a picture that the CIA, the official CIA uh, Twitter account posted and it said, C-I-A-P-R-I-D-E. Uh, uh, and people flipped out and it's like i just thought i'm poking fun it's like i'm not being mean about this it's like i, I, I regularly poke fun of stuff and it's like i was it's like okay so i'm making a silly joke and i'm gonna get censored for it okay this is clearly another third rail there are certain topics i know that we cannot discuss on linkedin 
Um, right. You already know what topics those are. There's no point in bringing them up here because it's just going to get them upset. But right. you know that and the other things, it's like, I'm just, there's no point in, in posting about this just with the point of getting censored. But I was just blindsided by this. I'm making a silly joke and I got censored yeah. for it. And I ripped LinkedIn a new, and LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. And they ended up apologizing, not, not, on, not on LinkedIn, but on Twitter. Because I posted it over, uh, I posted a, a screenshot of some of the stuff over on Twitter. And wow. I I, yeah. Wow. Microsoft apologized on Twitter on a, in a, in a roundabout <laughs> way for, for their censorship on, on LinkedIn. And that just made me laugh. But I decided, you know what, let me just erase this whole trail. And so yep. I went back and I cleaned up most of this stuff just because five years from now, I don't want to get in trouble for, you know, blowing a gasket. So oh, uh, and yeah. I did. I, 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 I don't know if you read it or not, but I took my time out and laid out the reasons why I was so upset that I got censored for making a, a silly joke about this. It's like, look, guys, I was a, a moderator on international oil and gas forums. I installed Tor on uh, other people's computers so they could avoid getting arrested by, you know, for by governments for saying words. Uh, we helped. Uh, I was part of the anonymous movement back in 2000, around 2008, where we helped Iranian kids bypass censorship so they could post videos on YouTube so they right. can see the horrible violence. You remember all that stuff? Yes. Uh, and, and now you are going to censor me for saying pride is demonic in a joking way. Really? Okay. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and you don't get to the three plus million uh, interactions or views or anything by not knowing something, Tom, your knowledge, your articles are, I think are always spot on. That's, that's like your energy knowledge and talking about those things are practical, honest, and dealing. And you don't get to that volume without being right. And without adding some humor. Most of my, it's, I do get dead serious sometime on the oil and gas topics, but I'll veer off. But even on the oil and gas, I'll try and poke fun of something so people actually enjoy reading because nobody wants to read somebody screaming their head off on top of a soapbox. It's like, just, just go away already. So if you throw in some levity and throw in some, as you say, some hidden jokes and people read that and they go, hey, wait a minute. Uh, it, that that's that, that's what I want to get to. And it's like, yeah, like you said, you got to read it twice. Did he just say that? Yes, I did. So. Yes, it's fun. And that, 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 that shows through. I'm having fun. And when it no longer gets to the point of being fun, then it's like, okay, I'll, I'll try Twitter. The, my frustration with Twitter, and I'll probably end up paying for a monthly account or something so I can post long form because I like right. long form. I don't like Twitter short form. I like to be able to take the time and just type. It's, it's rare on LinkedIn that my posts get too long and it's like, okay. Uh, I'm ranting too much, uh, but I think it's 15,000 characters on Twitter and you have to have a, uh, a monthly account. I'm probably going to try that. Do you use Grammarly? No. See, you're I, smarter I'm, than I, am. I'm, I would be I'm, dead I'm, meat I'm, without Grammarly. <laughs> I, I had four years of Latin, even though I'm dyslexic and I've got all sorts of stuff going on. English, it, it, I, I used to read dictionaries and encyclopedias when I was in high school. No, it's oh. not popular. So I know grammar very, very well. I was originally okay. going to be an English teacher. So I, I have, okay, it's Tom, very rare. English most people energy. don't even know the little words. The, the, most people don't even know little words. And I posted about this before, uh, of it, by, near, as, and they don't actually know. But I've gone through dictionaries, big college dictionaries, and understood every single way of using every single definition in its proper grammatical context. So once you understand that, 
reading becomes easy. It's really easy to spot the words you don't know. Most people sort of have a haze of not really understanding. It's the little words that are the fulcrums that move the big words. And for example, uh, as a lot of times means basically because, but I'm hesitant to use it in in using it in that way because most Americans are not familiar with it being used that way. It'll just confuse them. So I have to pick and choose my words carefully. But Yes, wow. uh, it, it, I have, and I write glossaries for fun. So uh, the job that I just started, I've been there for five months now. Uh, I compile glossaries and I'm almost at 7,000 acronyms and def- technical definitions. That and I do this, is- at, I, I do this, I, I, don't, I don't write it, I copy and paste from where I find it. But this is just something I do. In the beginning, I keep that Excel spreadsheet open and it's every single acronym. Acronyms are the worst. Words oh, I can look yes. up. Technical words specific to a specific industry uh, it's a little bit harder to find, but acronyms are the worst. So I normally do it for acronyms for that company because you can't find them anywhere. And a lot of times the company website is fairly useless uh, in, in locating this stuff. So I want to know and understand every single word on the page that I'm reading or writing. And people go into meetings sometimes and they're throwing out a- acronyms and I ask, what is this? It's like, I don't know. Well, how can you be discussing this if you don't right. know what the heck you're talking about? So yeah. when I write... Or when I read, I want to read and understand every single word and every single acronym on the page. In the beginning, it's hard to do when you started because everything's new. But now right. it's to the point, uh, if there's an acronym I don't know, I, I write it down in my, in my Excel yeah. spreadsheet. And the same thing with any technical words. But I pretty much got them now. It's rare that I run across in this company anything that I'm not already familiar with and don't already have in the glossary. So when people people say if you want to fall asleep read a book well that just means you don't understand what you're reading right you you get a mental haze so because because of the moderate dyslexia that i have i sort of have to do this because if i don't uh i i i can't think straight it's it's right. it's like i call them covered holes so if you if you just keep going past words that you don't understand, you right. sort of lose attention and you fuzz out and it's like, you, right. know, you don't want to read it anymore. It's like, no, you got to back up and, and understand every single word. And what most people don't get is not just the big words. Most people don't have a thorough understanding of the basic, small, little words of the English language. Hmm. Uh, of, it, by, as. Right. It, look, just open up a dictionary and it's like a college dictionary and just look at, look at one of those words. And it's like, do you actually understand every single one of these definitions? And if not, maybe you'll go down the rabbit hole of starting to learn this stuff and increase your reading capacity. You and I have a lot of different thinking similarities as well, but I also can look at a page and skip the small words and they're the fulcrums. I don't do that. Don't do that. I I can run through books and everything else quick and not really focus on the little word. I get it. I, I don't focus on the little words. I focus on words. So I'm already confident in the little words. So I'm not really focusing on the little words. I already know oh. what they are. It's that it's the other words that I run across that's new or used right. in an unusual way or used in an unusual grammar format. So some of my posts, I will deliberately mangle my grammar just to make a point. It's like, it's not like I'm ungrammatical or make up words or make up phrases or deliberately misspell something. You know, uh, one of the guys on on, uh, LinkedIn posts climate catastrophe and using K instead of a C, you know, climate with a K, catastrophe with a K, you know, just, just, that's not a misspelling. It's like, that's poking fun of this stuff. So when I, when I, when I screw up on grammar, it's deliberate. I know grammar inside and out, backwards and forwards, just like I know the little words inside out, backwards and forwards. And I try not to use too many big words that people don't understand because this is an international audience. And English is a second language. And being in Asia yep. for 20 years, 
I'm around people where English is a second language. So I go out of my way not to use complicated words right. or use unusual grammar just because I need to make sure that, you know, the people that I'm talking to understand what I'm saying. Because in Asia, I mean, I was out in Vietnam sometime and uh, one time and we were doing some uh, welding repairs. And uh, the guy out there is like, he's wearing flip flop and he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And it's like, he's, he's holding a pair of sunglasses and it's like, he's not wearing gloves. And it's like, really? And it's wow. like, so I had to explain to him, you can't do that. Uh, and, and it turns out he didn't actually speak any English and the supervisor wasn't around. So I went, he's not wearing yeah. a hard hat. And it's like, he, he knows yeah. It, it you have to communicate in a way that you know that other people understand. And some people try and get really, really fancy and use really big words in an unusual right. way to show off their breadth and you know depth of, of wordsmithing. Right. And it's like, that's fine. But for social media, people don't want to have to stop and you know figure out what, what you're saying. So try and keep it simple. Um, and you can still spell it. You, you use and abuse the English language, you know? Right. Put in wrong spellings, put in wrong grammar just to catch people's attention and poke fun of it. Well, here's the other thing. Um, your AI argument, having fun, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. I want to ask you some AI questions. Google yep. is uh, shadow banning my site. I, I get between 20 and 60,000 people a day on the site. And I know because I look around at the SEO around the world and how it hits that site. I know how Google is doing it. Google's changed their analytics and everything else again. Yep. It's going to get worse. And I, yep, I mean, I know. Google does not care. But on your AI, and I've noticed that Google likes articles better when they are like true speech. Like my transcribed articles do better if we do a podcast and they're transcribed into human speech. The huh. AI articles don't do as well if they're sitting there and you turn those. Because then how fast is AI going to start picking up that they got it from chat GBT and they're writing an energy article and they're going to realize this was generated by auto. AI recognizes AI because it's robotic. AI is simply regurgitation, yes. free and free thinking. This is what catches the attention of AI, either in a good way or in a bad way. Either like, "Ooh, this is interesting." Oh, oh no, we got to ban this. This guy is like, he's it's like his his thinking is like way bad thoughts. No, 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 ban him. So right. AI can recognize, you know, robotic AI is not intelligent in any way, shape, or form. It's just a large computer that right. sucks up all sorts of information, recognizes patterns, and spits out regurgitations of what it thinks people want to hear. It's not smart in any way, shape, or form, just like a computer is not smart. It's really right. great at making calculations. So chat GPT, I, I've read some of the stuff. It's it, People are losing interest in it just because it's not the new shiny thing, but it's like, it is not smart. This is what people don't right. get. All it is is regurgitating. I remember when I was in high school and I had to write, you know, 10 page papers for, you know, history class and stuff like that because right. I went to private school. And it's like these back in those days, you had an encyclopedia. So everyone grabs the same encyclopedia, looks right. at the same history thing, and then rewords the article in their own words. But it's basically it's a using different words, but it's essentially copy and paste. That is what AI is. It's taking an encyclopedia of information and rewording all of that stuff. It does not have an original thought in its body. It's it can't. It's not intelligent. AI, artificial no. intelligence. It, there's no intelligence involved in it. It's computing. Artificial computing is what it should be called. It is not intelligent. 
People believe, oh, AI will save us. No, <laughs> no. I, this is the People best conversation. I get worked up because when you sit back and take a look at this, Tom, it's a falsehood. And everybody, it, I, I was looking at an article the other day. And Tom, I didn't mean to run, uh, run, run around. No. But, but, but um, I was sitting there looking at this and I was like, they're pulling data from a spreadsheet and they're calling it AI. So they, they yes. get a feeler. I'm like, that's a spreadsheet. Oh, it's AI. That's all AI is. It's just massive amounts of spreadsheets loaded into a supermassive computer, and it's spitting out what it sees as patterns. It is not thinking. People can think. Right. Animals can think better than AI can think because they can recognize dangers and, you know, playing. Right. Like you, can, you can tease a kitten. Uh, I, I, uh, last Sunday, I went down to the animal shelter and just you know, went around and playing uh, playing with the kittens because I was thinking of uh, 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 hosting, you know, uh, stray the, the animal animals because they don't keep them in the shelter. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna go down and pick kitties. They will play with you. They can think. They right. they're not just reacting. They will think ahead and try and pounce on you know the little toy that you're throwing up. AI is just a glorified computer. It does not think. It does not come up with anything new or original. Full stop. Even when it comes up with a new language, which everyone thinks, oh, that's intelligence. No, it's simply piecing together groups of thousands of different uh, languages and coming up with a new language based on a composite of all these other languages. They are not inventing anything. That is not intelligence. Computers cannot be intelligent. They never will be intelligent. They're just going to be really good at making massive amounts of calculations. People can think computers can't. Full stop. With your security background and AI, um, I'm worried. Not about- exactly. I, but I, well, I, I, for fun, I used to uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I used to fix up people's uh, virus-infested computers, neighbors, and stuff, just oh, okay. for fun because I knew how to do it. So I, I, I know what not to do on the internet. It's like you, you don't click on certain suspicious links and all this other stuff. And if if something does happen, I can get myself out of it. But do you think the grid, the grid I've seen is wide open? And when we sit back and sit here and take a look at energy in the U.S., we saw that China um, was trying to take, take us out, take us out in five all, minutes. But they, that all it would take actually would be an EMP, uh, electromagnetic pulse. You know, a, a, a bomb exploded, you know, a couple miles above the continental U.S. and it'll cause havoc. And this has been talked about since I think the 1970s in the federal government right. and everyone's just sort of ignored it. But the, the electrical grid in the U.S. is exceedingly weak. The security protocols in 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 them, and I'm right. this is a topic I know quite a bit about, actually. Uh, it's fairly easy to bypass. Now, if you remember uh, maybe half a year ago, there's some people that were going around and shooting shotguns at transport yes. uh, to substations. Yes. That's a penetration test. They're waiting to see what's going to happen. They didn't steal anything. They just wanted to see what's going to happen. So oh, it's a poke, penetration poke test. Yeah. Yes. So what what's going to happen? So the internet protocols guarding our electrical infrastructure are massively weak, similar to the way that the protocols for oil and gas on offshore platforms are massively weak. I know this because when I used to go out to oil and gas platforms, I'd stick in my thumb drive because I'm trying to transfer, you know, the daily work orders and stuff in there. And it would infect my thumb drive. So that means the whole platform, everything on the platform is infected. And it's like, yeah, you guys don't know computer security. So if somebody really wants to hack into, just like uh, when the U.S. and Israel uh, hacked into uh, the the Iranian uh, 
Remember the this the rads? I, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, uh, nuclear. Oh, it's the same yeah. thing. They could do the same thing here, but they're probably more concerned about getting a trace back to them in the U.S. dropping a bomb on their heads. But it is not yeah. that difficult to penetrate the security for either oil and gas or electricity. Nuclear is probably more secure, but the electrical grid infrastructure is woefully inadequate as far as security, in my opinion. There's lots wow. of people that will disagree. Oh, we've hardened it. Yeah, well, nah. uh, it, no, yeah, you can. I can see by the look on your face. It's like, yeah, I don't believe it either. Nah. Um, it's like the Colonial Pipeline, what, two years ago? And boy, it caused yep. a, a whole yep. nightmare. And the EMP So imagine thing. 10 of those happening at the same time. Imagine 10 of those happening at the same time. Yeah. I interviewed uh, a energy uh, grid person not too long ago. I'll think of her name here in just a minute. But there's such a supply shortage, Tom, about the uh, transformers. Two to three thank years. you. Yes. It would take years to bring those back. Let's say we take out, a, you know, an EMP takes out several thousand miles of transformers years well an emp uh the studies that date back to the 70s and 80s state that if an emp actually exploded over the middle of the u.s took out most of the u.s within three months 90 percent of the u.s population would be dead because most people don't know how to live in big cities without access to food and water there you wow. know there'd be riots and all this other stuff 90 percent. think about that not wow. a bomb on a city an emp bomb over you know, the, the middle of the U.S. It can be done. Uh, the problem would be, how do you get that bomb, you know, past the security protocols? But then again, I think about that Chinese balloon that just sort of slowly drifted across the U.S. Do you think that balloon was like them shooting into the substations to see what they're gathering? Did? Yes. The, yeah. And uh, the thing is, it went through for days without anyone even saying anything. And Biden was aware of it and he let it drift off the coast before he shot it down. So I I, I don't want to say too many bad things about Biden and China and compromised and Manchurian candidate and no. other things, but Manchurian candidate, it's like, uh, yeah, th- this guy is so compromised, it's not funny. So this balloon was, th- this was not a good thing. So yes, just like people taking a shotgun and shooting out uh, electrical substations to see what right. would happen. Here's China taking this balloon across the continental United States on a very slow course, and they would linger over, you know, military sites and all the stuff. It would like move directions around. It would move. Yes, I know. They're, the they're controllable. China said it's not controllable, but that's bullshit. Yeah, my language. Uh, the no, they were controlling. And uh, I saw Fox News last night on Brett Baird. I, d- I didn't watch it. My dad was watching it. And I was like, Dad, can I have the remote? And I don't like Fox. And I was, I was trying to, uh, personal opinion, but. Uh, I was sitting there and I was I was want to put on the Flintstones or something that I could really enjoy as opposed to politics or news. And so I was sitting there and they said that, oh, uh, the Chinese balloon, President Biden said that there was no uh, communication back from the thing. And I'm like, no. Ooh, no. Honky. No. I mean, that's hogwash. Why would they be circling around military sites if they're not going to transfer that information back in real time? Yes. The, the, the technology is there. It's like now, like I believe anything the White House says right now. Uh, if, if they deny, you know, it's true. I mean, but this, this goes back decades. I mean, uh, the, the French, I can't remember the guy. It's like, you know, wait until there is this official denial from the government, then you know it's true. So there's the official denial. So, you know, it's true. So just like the cocaine, which, you know, the case got closed because they just can't figure out where it came from. 
if you and I went into DC, we'd they'd sit there and go, you know, they'd have us for sneezing. I mean, it would be, oh, your mask wasn't on, or you know, your. I mean, by telling us by not telling us who it was, they're telling us who it was. I mean, it's, it's right. so obvious. They've closed the case already. So just another dig there. But um, uh, so what if we're if the 2024 elect is uh, such a big target? And I'm going to spin us around on this one. Everybody's targeting 2030 for the green uh, energy and everything. It won't else. happen. It won't, it won't happen. happen. Yeah. And I'm I'm over here kind of going, look, we can't even pay for what we got now. How are we going to get here with no electric vehicles? Uh, I mean, with no uh, in, internal combustion. Uh, and then they're going to force all this. There's not enough copper. There's not enough nothing. I mean, it's not going to happen. It's physically impossible. And the EU only has around 20 percent, I think 10 to 20 percent of the money they have to meet their current climate goals for 2030. They right. don't have the funding. It is simply not going to happen. It, it is. It's not going to happen. We don't have the minerals. China is laughing about this. They, they, they're, they're laughing as the Western world is stopping using oil and, oil and gas and coal and nuclear. Right. And going to and replacing reliable high density energy with unreliable, very low density energy and buying these materials from China. Uh, they control around 80 percent of the materials that, that are needed to make this stuff. And somebody right. commented uh, to me because I made I made a comment, you know, I, I went off. Uh, somebody in another thread said uh, sunshine is free. And I said, well, sunshine and breezes are free, but harnessing sunshine and wind to make solar power panels and wind turbines, uh, that's definitely very, very expensive. Then you add in also battery backup uh, for when the wind doesn't blow and the sun is on the other side of the world and there, you know, it's night and when it's cloudy. Uh, and then also adding in having a reliable baseload uh, energy of either natural gas and coal or nuclear, and it becomes very expensive indeed. And they didn't like that. But it's like, I'm sorry. No. Yes, sunshine is free. I'm not going to argue with you. But can you heat your house on sunshine in the middle of winter? No. Sorry. That, no. That's just a, a straw man. It's, it's just a, a silly argument. So we don't have the minerals necessary to do it. Uh, I just read a, an article uh, on, on LinkedIn uh, earlier today where they said in some country, if they wanted to run it on wind and solar, one third of the land mass would be taken up for wind and solar. One third. One third. So one third. So just think about that. Wow. Are people going to put up with that? Do you want to live next to a very noisy uh, wind turbine? I can't. The the low frequencies drive me absolutely bonkers. Uh, ultra low frequencies, subsonics drive me bonkers. Uh, it, it, I can't I've sleep. Got yeah, I, uh, the the mean time between failure that I've found on the wind turbines is less than eight years. And everybody and, says, and they're saying it's supposed to be 10 years. They're supposed to last 30 years. Hogwash. They be, design like, well, no, they're not someone said, years. Oh, someone, the same person came back and, and I think it was the same person gave the analogy of, okay, you spend all this money buying a house. But after you build the house, it's free. I said, yeah, but it's got a design life of 30 years after that. You've got to take down all of these solar panels make a toxic landfill for these hundreds of millions of solar power panels, which are not going to disintegrate. Same thing, similar with the, the wind turbines, and then build and reinstall and spend all that money all over again. This is not free once it's done. And what happens yeah. during a hailstorm or something like that? It, it, no, it, there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as free energy. Uh, the wind and solar on, are 
off, offshore wind to this day loses massive amounts of money. It has never turned a profit. It never will turn a profit because the amount right. of electricity generated cannot make up for the cost of installing these things. The only reason they get away with it is because of government subsidies. So government subsidies do not make them workable. It just makes them very expensive. It means taxpayers are supporting a money-losing proposition. Now, the whale are pretty darn yeah, They're dying. They're, they're dying. It's clobbering the whales, man. That breaks my heart. You know, you sit back and kind of think, what about saving the whales? You know, we, we hold up oil field for a lizard that is all over the Midwest. I mean, it millions of these lizards around and they stopped an entire development project just because of a lizard. Because the EPA is weaponized to destroy the domestic oil and gas industry. Overseas oil and gas is fine, but domestic oil and gas, oh no, that's horrible. So we're the cleanest uh, in the planet. I know that. I know. Well, uh, yes. And I, I don't know if it's the U.S. or Canada, not not the oil sands, but uh, Canada, I think, runs a close second. Australia is up there as well. Uh, right. But the, the Western oil and gas, uh, I'm not talking about China or a few other countries. I'm not going to name right. names. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Western world is exceedingly good on, on environmental yes. concerns for oil and gas. And shutting down domestic simply means that we're going to be importing oil and gas from countries that really don't care as much about the environment, go to places in Africa. Again, I'm not going to name names, but it, it, I, I know people that have worked in Africa and I've, I, they tell right. me stories of what goes on. Down there. At, so, at what point, Tom, uh, do you think hypocrisy equals or at what point in the next few years are we going to reach a point where people are finally going to have a waking up of saying that this is actually not good for us to have all renewable, but have a healthy plan forward. When do you think we're going to wake up? When we get regular rolling power blackouts. I started predicting these last summer and I said, welcome to the summer of rolling power blackouts. And it didn't happen last summer. And then this summer I said, well, I was a year too early. So I still think it's going to be rolling power blackouts in the United States, but at some point, it's going to happen. And when and I, I, living in Asia, power blackouts were not that uncommon. You learn to live with it. You have candles in the house. You use right. you buckets to store water because when there's no electricity, it's hard you to get no water. water. Right. So you got to flush the toilets. And so you get used to it. But the, the U.S. is not familiar with that. Only when there's like a tornado or a disaster or a hurricane or something like that. Right. But just during hot weather. And I'm sorry. You. The, the electrical load on the electricity grid in the United States keeps expanding. And while the grid is being slowly but surely upgraded, right. it's going at a fairly slow pace because the materials needed to upgrade the entire, you know, the, the poles, replacing wooden poles with steel poles, upgrading the, uh, it's called conductor, you know, the wires, they call it conductor. So, for example, going from a 69 kilovolt line to uh, like 148 kilovolt line, you know, right. basically doubling it. Uh, that's a lot of copper. And then the transformers, yeah. we're looking at two to three years, and that's going to be pushed out some more. And people say, oh, well, just build a factory in the United States that builds transformers. Yeah, that's going to take 10 years. And all the environmental restrictions for building a new factory to manufacture this stuff, they're going to find out this is not possible. So uh, there's also something called electrical electrical steel, which is really, really thin electrical, uh, uh, really, really thin metal that is used in... Oh. Uh, the, the electrical equipment, all of that's manufactured overseas. None of it manufactured in the U.S. to my knowledge. So 
we've got supply chain problems globally. And since the, the Western world has gotten so complacent with just-in-time, which is horrible, by the way, I hate just-in-time. I've been bitten in the butt so many times on projects by this whole just-in-time, oh, uh, yeah, sorry, we're going to have to add six months to the delivery time. It's like, and there's nothing you well, can do about it. Just in time, it's horrible. You need to keep this stuff stocked in warehouses. The problem is the government taxes stuff that gets stocked in warehouses for more than a year. It's like you guys are penalizing forward thinking. So the, the U.S. government, I don't want to get out a rant about the U.S. government. You already know what I think about it. But it's like all these things that penalize good thinking and promote and reward bad thinking and bad policies, well, just like renewables. That's bad policies. It's not workable. It's It will never work ever. Yeah. Let me throw this squirrel at you. And um, so if the supply chain is breaking and you have the geopolitical stuff going on around the world, the geopolitical uh-huh. stuff is every the fracturing. Everybody's bringing their factories back home. Let's take uh, the EU for an example. Uh, they have lost a significant chunk of their manufacturing capabilities because their plants can't run. And I no was natural on- gas. Yeah, no natural <laughs> gas. I wonder how that happened. And I and so I was on the phone <laughs> with some folks and uh they've they've got big contracts. Everybody signing those long uh contracts, 20 years, 30 year contracts for LNG, natural gas. But if you take the loss of business that the Europe is having right now right. because of energy, um it, it it seems like Europe is waking up a little faster because of the impact of the of their uh, horrific bad practices. Is that a fair statement? Bad story? energy practices. Yes. Yes. That makes Europe. Europe is going to wake up sooner, probably than the U.S. Because the Euro, uh, the the U.S. people mostly think, oh, we'll never have regular rolling blackouts in, in the, our blackouts in the United States because you know we're number one in the world and blah 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 blah. Well, guess what? It's coming. If we keep going at, we're shutting down natural uh, natural gas uh, plants prematurely. We're shutting down coal plants prematurely. New York State is shutting down, I think, 37 uh, natural gas emergency stations because they're not going to meet the new environmental requirements. So, in other words, when there's a crunch in electricity, they can fire up temporarily these natural gas power plants to temporarily generate electricity. These are going to be, they're going to be shutting down 37 of them in New York state, and they're not replacing them with anything except solar and wind. You think solar and wind is going to be able to replace natural gas and power plants that can generate electricity five minutes, you know, five minutes later when you flip the switch? No. no and, the, and the, and the so, sad part is uh, New York is buying their uh, LNG from Trinidad, Russia, yep. And, yep. and one other coming into the Boston. They're port. not buying from Russia anymore. They were. They, they were. They stopped. They were. But they are buying from Italy or Spain diesel, and that's coming from Russia and being uh, refined in there. So they're still getting Russian diesel and, and refined products because Russia is now refining it around. But their LNG, I, I didn't know that they hadn't gotten any shipments on that. No, that, that stopped about a year ago, I think. And India has been specializing in taking uh, Russian crude and uh uh, making gasoline and diesel out of it and reselling it to Europe at, you know, at, at a good profit uh, and calling it, yep. you know, it's not, it's, it's not Russian products anymore because we refined it, but it, it, it's Russian crude. Yeah, the so molecules I, I don't changed. blame them for doing it. I don't blame them at all. And California buys their energy island. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they don't. Uh, so California, most of their oil comes from Central America around the Amazon area. The, the, it, it's the, the, horrendously polluting. 
But, 75%, 72%, Tom, they buy 72% of the oil out of the Amazon and that Amazon is mostly China companies. Yeah. So again, it, it, it makes no sense. Out of sight, out of mind. We're about out of time, Tom, but what do you yep. see coming around the corner? Rolling power blackouts. <laughs> we're, we're heading into, we're heading into August. People, I, I just adore CNN saying, like the 4th of July week, we had the three hottest days ever in the in the history of the planet. It's like, no, no, we didn't. This happens every summer. And I poke yeah. fun of it. You know, Arena was saying, uh, Arena Slav was saying something about uh, she's going on vacation. And I said, well, uh, welcome to, uh, you know, uh, uh, millions of people dying from, you know, extreme climate heat, otherwise known as summer. It's like, oh. it, it's like this happens every year. So, but the thing is, what's happening now is the amount of electricity we're using is increasing while the amount of electricity generation that we're making from reliable resources from oil and gas and coal and nuclear are reducing. And right. in increasing dependency on intermittent wind and solar while reducing electricity from dependable sources makes no sense. That's bad energy policy right there. And people are not going to wake up in the U.S. until they get hit hard in the head with multiple persistent rolling power blackouts. That's the only thing that's going to wake up the U.S. Europe will probably wake up sooner than than the U.S. because they're probably going to get hit harder because they don't have their Russian natural gas. Anymore. Regardless wow. of the politics, they don't have the, they don't have the energy. The, the businesses have closed down. Uh, they're it's just it's going to be messed. The, the the Western world is committing suicide, energy suicide. They they are replacing right. reliable, dependable, consistent, high density energy with unreliable, inconsistent, low de- low density energy, and it's just that's a recipe for disaster. It's only a matter of time. Oh, absolutely. So, well, we're going to put this down on the the crayon yep. here for the prediction. <laughs> Rolling blackouts. Hey, we could have a movie on this, Tom. What do you think? No. I think it was already made. It was called The Omega Man with Charles he- Charlton Hedge. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I love that movie. Well, Tom, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. And we're going to have some more fun with you next time because I really enjoyed today. So thank you for stopping by. Thanks. It was fun talking with you as well. So have a good one. <laughs>